You're listening to the Living Adventures Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Ashley Milkey and Victoria Vance. Tune in for a new episode every Thursday to hear our honest conversations about topics like freedom, creativity, spirituality, luxury living, health and wellness, and above all else, building community. We have real and unfiltered conversations inspired by our search to feel connected to people who give a shit about us, support our dreams, and understand our struggles. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to navigate any moment in your life with the lens of your neurodivergent mind, with a community who gets you. Adventure on. Hello, welcome back to the Living Adventures podcast. I am your host, Ashley Milkey, along with our other host, Victoria Vance. And today we're super excited to dive into lots and lots of things, including how I got diagnosed last Friday with ADHD. Yay, I'm not a fraud on this podcast. Um, Super not a fraud, but we'll dive into that and many, many other things. Victoria, first, I think we need updates on how things are going in Mexico. Um, Mexico has gotten a lot better um, for anybody who might have been worried from the last episode and everything. There was a lot of stress the first week and everything. There was a lot of feelings, emotions, which I knew would happen, but I didn't expect it all to hit at once. It kind of got better. I started to like figure things out and everything. Um, Got the water situated. I I need to buy some water, but figured out the trash and everything, eating a little bit better and like starting to go out more and explore. And just had a lot of things to focus on and like worked a lot on like a few things mentally. And there was just kind of like a big shift for myself this weekend. And I genuinely feel like myself is back. I'm my happiest self. I am pushing hard in my business, this business and everything. And I just feel a lot lighter. And so it feels like now this was finally like the right decision and everything and it feels good. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I feel like it's unfair of ourselves to think like the minute we make a big change that everything will be like smooth and easy and it can take a week or longer for things to like kind of settle in. I even felt that way about Boston because when we moved to Boston, like it took so long even to just get all of our furniture situated, buy furniture and make this place like feel like a home. And like anytime Mm -hmm. you're going through big changes like that, I think like you have to think like, what are my values? What makes a place feel like a home? What makes me my happiest self? And I think like you were like, okay, water do i have water do i have food am i able to go somewhere walk that's safe and like if you know that about yourself i think that's why you were able in like a week to so quickly be like okay i'm back to normal because i think in your mind you're like this is what makes me happy and you could really easily fall back on those and that's definitely something i thought about because it's like i i won't lie like i cried a lot last week and everything and there was a lot of rough like kind of terrifying moments what kind of like brought me back is like I don't know if I talked about this last week is like when I moved into my first apartment and everything and like that alone feeling everything just kind of like zoning in on yourself and it feels really heavy is like I have felt that many times before and it kind of felt like that it felt like everything was crumbling in everything was chaotic and everything and I was like okay one step at a time just like we talk about in here one step on a time one step on a time and I'm like I can't expect the most for myself like keep going. It will come. It will come. It will come. And it did. And it's like, I just had to keep going to the basic things, which was frustrating, which continued to make me cry and continued to make me frustrated in myself 
that it's like I have to focus on literally being able to take out the trash and get water in myself. Like I want to do other things and I just wasn't able to. But slowly, like as I got better at that and everything, I started to figure things out, go out a little bit more, get uncomfortable again. And it's like something I've said is like, be uncomfortable in your own choice. Like choose how you want to be uncomfortable in a way is like choose how much you can tolerate. Um, and it's kind of like, exposure therapy basically and so it's like i was thrown into a lot of uncomfort and so i had to like cut down on a lot and then slowly build back up and so now yeah. i'm continuing to like expose myself in a better way and i feel like here is kind of situated i've started to figure out my routines here and everything and so it's just a lot better i know and i think a lot of people like try to like not go after big th changes or dreams or whatever because of that uncomfortable comfort they know they'll find themselves in or that discomfort like even whenever I think back to like one of the major moves in my life was deciding to invest a shit ton of money into becoming a certified life coach like that was the most uncomfortable I felt like spending that much money on myself like I'd never spent that much money before and it's so uncomfortable and like even starting a business is uncomfortable and you're right it's like okay just just honor the fact that things might be uncomfortable but then decide like how do you want to live in that discomfort and like what are bare minimum things you need to kind of slowly stack on things that get you back to your normal mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and like it shows up in so many different ways and it's just about growing with that uncomfort knowing the boundaries of what like how much is too much and where that's going to push you into failure and it's like okay you failed what can I do? Why did I do that? Okay, let's not push ourselves that hard next time. Let's do this instead. Let's yeah. try this and everything. And it's like, because I already had that mentality, I was able to do that. And it's just about building confidence in that new setting. And it takes time. It's okay if you cry. It's okay if you struggle. It's okay if you fail. But I truly, I had clients last week seeing me do this and like seeing kind of how hard it was and they were like i don't think i can do this i don't think i can do this and i was like no i want to show you like it is okay it might be hard the first week it might be hard the first few weeks that's okay it will get easier and everything and it's like take the first step it's like i have a client who wanted to like do a massive move and i was like if you're not ready for that like let's do a smaller move and know that like that's not your forever place and like that's okay if you need to take that mm. first step because it's like i would not have been able to do this as like my first thing as like oh yeah i was 21 i would not be okay with this i would have been in the worst mental state mm -hmm. i would not i am able to do this now and i still struggled and i knew i would struggle and yeah. it's like i went in knowing that was definitely going to happen and i let a space for that to happen and because of that and because i had so much stuff built up i was able to then now succeed and it's like that doesn't mean i'll still not struggle while here but it's the type of struggle that I was ready for. And I was ready for this and it's totally. like, I've always wanted this and I'm so proud of myself for doing this because it's like, I'm realizing like my teenage self, this is all I ever wanted. Heck yeah, yeah. No, and you've done like a really good job of like knowing who supports you and who can ask for help. For example, this weekend, Victoria and I spent two hours on FaceTime trying to figure out how to light an oven. And yes, yes, she did almost die from gas poisoning. And yes, she did almost light the entire place on fire because of a lighter. And yes, she did have to speak a lot of Spanish to figure out how to buy the lighter in a local convenience store. Was that what that was? That yeah, was it, a hot it mess. Like a, it's like a 7-Eleven, basically. 
Um, yeah, that was two hours of me reading manuals from the. I was like, "What's the what's the oven called?" And I was like, "I'll Google the manual." And then me reading instructions. And I had recently got diagnosed with ADHD. And like they said on my test that we're not good at reading instructions. So I don't know why I'm the person doing this. <laughs> but it's like I really could not have done that alone. Like I, I mean, I had I was doing it alone. Like this took me three hours. This took us two hours on like FaceTime basically. <laughs> and it's like I struggled a lot it was really hard i was losing patience ashley was there already trying to start helping me over text i was like let me just call i was like i can't do this i wish that whole thing was filmed (laughs) because it was so funny everyone and it was like just like the epitome of like kind of adhd on like a daily basis trying to like do like one weird task but like (laughs) yes a lot of things working against us Oh, yeah. And my favorite part, though, is that Victoria had the entire thing set up like a TV show for me. Like she had her tripod out. She's like, "Okay, I'm going to have you on my tripod so you can see the full oven. And I could see like the entire inside of the oven. I'm like, "Okay, press that button and then hold that button. Okay, turn that. And then we couldn't figure it out. And then I got my husband. I'm like, "Okay, tell her what to do. He's like, why would I know what to do? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. You have a normal brain. We don't have normal brains. I thought we could use backup. Um, And he was useless. And we figured it out. But the interesting thing is, and you can take away whatever you want from this that the solution to getting the oven to start was a combination of everything that one of us had suggested we just had to combine it all together and then it worked (laughs) and it was like we had to try it in like 10 different ways of like which way to get it to light and everything and I will say like I say there's a million things to do every way there's not a million ways to start that oven um there is one way and it took us a long time to find that one way it was not very clear um and so if it takes you a while it's okay <laughs> it's okay i wish there was someone we could ask for help of that's not a very common type of oven not even youtube really knew what was going on so but we figured it out we figured it out and it was also and- brand new it was the first time it was ever used which caused a very distinguished smell um which is kind <laughs> of worrisome in a way i know and you were like it smells horrible i think something's going wrong and i was like the instruction manual says if there's a weird smell it's just because it's the first time you're using it i'm like this is oddly specific oddly specific but we'll take it i got a brand new oven (laughs) i guess weird anyways well that's that i'm glad you're settling into mexico that's good i will be there one week from today everybody oh we'll have to skip recording the podcast next week Oh my gosh. Get we me to Mexico. We all have here. to record one in person. Yeah, we'll record one in person. I'm not going to bring my mic, so we'll just no. have to we'll just use your it. mic. We'll figure it out. Um, I'm so excited because it's 50 degrees in Boston. There is no sunshine, and it's windy and going to rain today. So, <laughs> yesterday it was so cool. So, it was literally black there, and it was like downpouring some of the heaviest rain in my life and then over here it was sunny like literally two sides on my on opposite sides like, of the apartment <laughs> what is happening i was like this is wild but it's, vibe. Uh, it was a nice 70 degrees this morning i've already walked three miles and um it's gonna be 90 degrees today so Goals. let's go i'm gonna have to like figure out where all my shorts are since I've literally been wearing jeans and leggings for the past three weeks but I'm super excited that'll be so fun we're gonna go to everybody I found a mocktail bar okay I'm so mocktail bar in Mexico never thought this would happen and not the first day but probably like the second or third day that you're here we're gonna go and we are going to make some fun content on that that place is actually very popular and everything and I'm so excited to go there 
Dude, it's so funny. Ever since you sent me that mocktail bar, every time I see an open space in Boston that's like now leasing, I'm like, should I start a mocktail bar? <laughs> do I do I need to just build like start one for myself? I mean, the license you don't have to get a liquor license, so it's probably a lot cheaper than a regular bar. So I'm like, hmm. But I don't want to run one. But I like the idea of it. I want to do the marketing for it. You know. Dang. What if we have like, so if a anybody one day as like a mocktail like a mocktail, mocktail meetup. Mocktail meetup. All right, let us know if you want a mocktail meetup because we'll do one. But all right. So hyperfixation, Victoria and I were struggling with this before the podcast started because, you know, usually we have a hyperfixation of the week, but I feel like our weeks have been so chaotic. Me for just like a lot of emotional processing since I got diagnosed with ADHD on Friday and I haven't thought about anything. And I think if the, I did hyperfixate on anything, me and Adrian watched all of Fate, the Winx saga on Netflix. It's about fairies, season two. So we watched all of this fairy show. There's only like seven episodes, like, but that's fairies it. or like a boat fairy? No, like fairies, like flying wings, <laughs> wings. Um, and then, yeah, so that was really good. I don't really know how to explain it all because it was like season two, but really good stuff. They they have wings that look really cool. They don't look like fairy wings. They look like whatever kind of magic that they have because they're magical fairies. So like the, fa- the fire fairy has fire wings. The water fairy has water wings. The light fairy has light wings. That part was really cool. And that's a spoiler alert. So that's a little late because not everybody can transform into a fairy. It's been like it hasn't happened in a long time. Um... But I don't know. I feel like you could have watched it by now. But it was really fun. And I think that's all I would have hyperfixated on because other than that, what I mostly have done is like journal and meditate, which I don't know if that's a hyperfixation. Maybe it is. Yeah, I did a lot of that myself this weekend just to like um, work through a lot of, uh, to work through a lot of the emotions um, from last week and everything to like go into this week as well as like I have some big things to do this week uh write a massive kind of script and all the copy for a webinar i'm running at the end of the month and so it's like i did like a massive journaling on that as well as some journaling on stuff that we're actually going to talk about in this episode but i haven't really like had the brain space to kind of hyperfixate or research on anything and so yeah it's just been a lot of survival mode and like working on myself and so sometimes you just don't have one and that's okay. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes you, you don't have time. A really big one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So then I guess we'll just get into the really fun topic, which is probably what we've been focused on both all weekend in different ways, which is what? Your girl got tested and diagnosed with ADHD on Friday, which is exciting because I'm not a fraud. And not only am I not a fraud, I am, some would say, the poster child for ADHD, you know? So that was a cool accolade that I can claim. And so we want to talk about that a little bit, that process, how I felt, all those things. And also um, how ADHD is like presented in the online space, because I feel like a lot of stuff I don't identify with, Victoria doesn't identify with. And we want to talk about what's going on and how you might be feeling about that too. Yeah, let's get into it, poster child of ADHD. How was your diagnosis? How was your first thoughts? Let us all know. Yeah. Okay, so the test was so weird. It was a million bajillion questions. And I'm like, this is like making someone sit through this who has ADHD is just rude because I am like 
it's a lot. It's a lot of questions. And every question I answered yes. And I was telling Victoria this over the weekend. Like not only did I answer yes to every question, but it was like sometimes I would answer the next question before it even came up. Like it was like, do you have a problem interrupting people? And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, I totally interrupt people. And then I was like, for example, like Adrian will be playing video games and I'll interrupt him because I want to do stuff. And then he'll tell me he doesn't have a pause button. And I'm like, why don't these games have a pause button? You should be able to pause these games and come hang out with me. And then the next question would be like, well, do you have trouble? And you're like, your mom's laughing at me at this point. And she's like, okay, do you get angry when people set boundaries after you interrupt them? And I'm like, this is just, disrespectful okay this is so rude and like even like like it's hard because there's like they ask you questions about your adult life and then about your childhood life when you do it as an adult so when she asks me questions about my childhood I have to like think and I'm like I don't know probably I probably did that or I would be like you know yeah I did that and I got in trouble a lot and she's like did you like taking risks I'm like and me I'm like doesn't everybody climb trees climb furniture love roller coasters I feel like that's the vibe and she's like maybe not she's like I kind of hate roller coasters and I'm like okay cool um anyways my, my first thought was fear of uh, fear of heights <laughs> so she hates roller coasters that's hilarious like literally no. on the plane flying with her last year she was like grabbing my arm so tight like I had like massive marks I almost had like a bruise there and it looks like I was like manhandled or something because she was just holding my arm so tight like on the airplane <laughs> so it's just like no she she's protected there no I literally told her too I was like I want to go skydiving that's how much I love risks and she looked like she was gonna throw up so you know <laughs> that's that's that no but anyway so then after she, like I, I had a feeling it was gonna be you got some ADHD after I said yes to every single question of every single section and um I don't know my first at first I was like yeah okay that makes sense and then I was like, dang, now I'm kind of sad for like inner child, Ashley, like, like five-year-old me who always got in trouble and always got yelled at. And then I was like, okay, I need to find videos of people who have like experienced this and like how they process it, like being diagnosed, like beyond 25, 27, whatever. Um, and it's like, like what really got to me is it's not that like, not managing your ADHD as a child is like horrible. Like obviously I've succeeded a lot in life and you know, for women specifically, like we don't act out, like that's not how a lot of times our ADHD presents. But what makes me really sad is that because it was undiagnosed for so many years, like I have so many core beliefs of mine that happened because I had ADHD and nobody knew it. Like me thinking like I have to be perfect, me thinking I have to prove myself and not knowing why I have to prove myself. And it's like, I was watching this YouTube video of this creator who has ADHD got diagnosed in her thirties. And that's, she was like, the saddest thing is like, it did so much damage that no one could see because it was all happening on the inside. And I was like, oh my and heart. Cause yes. Like with females, basically the your symptoms of it and everything are often so internalized. They're not like, yes, risk taking and everything that is like outward projected, right? But for the most part, a lot of it comes internalized and then hyper fixating on that internal feeling and like that internal perfectionism and like going of like, it has to be, it has to be, it has to be and going on that cycle and everything. And that is what's so hard about it and like people can't see that that's why it's hard to show online of like mm -hmm. what unmanaged versus managed adhd and like working through that mental thing and that's why like a lot of it for females is working through 
mental mindset shifts and it takes a long time because mm-hmm. like you're still going to be working through that now that you know that. oh yeah and it's crazy and I think like the part of the reason why I've been so successful even with undiagnosed ADHD is because I've been and we've talked about this I've been doing personal development work and working on my mindset like deeply deeply like focused on it for every day for like probably more than four years now and so like that has helped me a lot in starting a business scaling a business being successful but that I'm still dealing with things and it's so much easier to recognize things that I probably got ingrained in my brain in childhood and it's interesting that you say we hyper fixate on it because for me I'm thinking okay cool and maybe when I was five years old I got a belief put in my mind about how I have to be or who I have to be whatever maybe it's my perfectionism I have to be perfect for people to like me and then now let's say I hyper fixate on that for 27 years 25 years um yeah that is going to do some effing damage and so it's crazy because like okay like let's think if I did get diagnosed then maybe someone could have told me that that that's not something I need to hyper fixate on and that's a loop I can stop living in but I didn't have that opportunity so now I have to deal with it now and that just made me really sad because I was like oh I didn't even realize like all the mental things that got stuck in my mind because I just didn't know this thing about myself and I think that's what hit me the most because everything else I don't care like yeah I have ADHD I like whatever but like that stuff made me the most sad and I think like in a weird way I can relate to that heavily even though I was diagnosed as a kid it's like I was diagnosed I was only able to get diagnosed because my mom knows the signs and everything of ADHD she literally just diagnosed Ashley but also my brother and my dad were diagnosed so they were willing to test me on but I had to do like an eight-hour hearing test before that which was so annoying they're like oh she actually has good hearing hmm I guess yeah she might have ADHD And so then they tested me after, but they didn't talk about how ADHD shows up in females. They didn't even talk about, they were just like, I was diagnosed with ADHD and then I got transferred schools and everything because of ADHD, also because my dad dying and everything, which you know about that. With ADHD and like females is, I wasn't told what that really meant for me. And so I still internalized it. And it wasn't kind of till college till I started to like realize that and the internet fully wasn't there or anything. All of the content about ADHD was not there yet until like 2019, 2020 has really started to come out. And I started to realize like one while working on myself and therapy, finally starting to work through like all of the trauma that I've been through as a child that I noticed that. And I started talking about that with my therapist. She's like, yeah, this is why, this is why. And like, we kind of mm. worked through a lot of that stuff together. I'm still working through that like four or five years later it takes so long and there's a lot of progress made but it really does put an impact and one of the biggest impacts is like me being afraid to take up space yeah dude yes i literally wrote this down as you were talking that one of the things that hit me in the test was like oh did people tell you that you were really loud and i was like yes i've always been told i'm really loud so much so that even today like when people are loud i get really triggered by it and it's not because i'm overstimulated or because i think they're being too loud it's because i'm internally pissed off that i was told i was too much my entire life my entire life i was told i was too much i need to be more humble another question on the test was like are you overly cocky in public situations and i'm like is it cocky if i think i'm awesome (laughs) 
And then it's like, but my dad literally told me when I was a kid, I need to be more humble. I need to be more quiet, right? So like my whole life I was telling him, be less, be less, be less. You're taking up too much space. You're being too loud. And I'm like, holy shit. It's because I, like part of it is like, that is a, a result of my ADHD, making me loud, making me talkative, making, making me confident, which internally like people didn't like. So then I got shut down as a child for being too confident. Um, Hello, so rude. So I totally relate to that. And like now internally, we both have to deal with the fact that we were told to be small our whole lives. And no wonder we both root for underdogs because we're like, we're the stinking underdogs who people told to shut up and we're not gonna shut up anymore. Ugh. And it's still terrifying. And it's like, I was journaled heavily on that this weekend of like, how do I, what is the space I want to take up? How do I want to do that? How do I want to show up? Because it's like, it still terrifies me. Like, Mm -hmm. that is the most fear inside of me. And that goes to anxiety. That goes to a lot of other things. And it's like, do, do they care? Like, no, no, I don't want to take up this. I was literally talking about this last night on body doubling with somebody and it's the hardest thing. And it's like, I was talking about how I'm so scared for this webinar and do I belong there? Am I allowed, am I ready to speak at this? Like who wants to listen to me? Why should I? I'm like, it goes back to the same thing is like, I don't want to take up space. Like there is no real ready. Like, why do I not feel ready? Why do I not feel like I can take up that space? Why do I not feel like I am one to speak on the topic that they reached out for me to talk about. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it impacts me the most by far with any other, any other thing else with ADHD. That is the hardest thing for myself still. I know. And no one talks about that. And I think like, even like watching videos of people with ADHD talking about, oh, everyone thought I was super spacey as a kid or whatever, like all those like really cliche versions of ADHD, distracted, whatever. That that wasn't me. I was like very on it. I was very determined. I was like always the best in school, always getting straight A's, which really just goes back to my perfectionism. And I think if we think about like ADHD in the lens of, especially if you're a woman in listening to this or someone who identifies as a woman and that's your experience, like how did, what are the core internal beliefs that you've lived with your entire life that are negatively impacting you? Because I think like a lot of your experiences is like you're saying, always comes back to that you have to be smaller and like you can't take up space. And for me, if I identify like the core thing right now that everything is attached to, I feel like I have to be perfect and prove myself to get the things that I want, which makes it hard for me to take up space because I feel like I can't take up space until I'm exactly like who I have to be, who people want me to be to do that. And that, everything always comes back to that. And so like, that's the work that we get to do. But I think like that is the thing that helps me the most. And even before I was diagnosed has really helped me is like, okay, what is the core root problem that I've been like basically living with my whole life, but not knowing it? Because then I'm sure the minute that you realized it was that, you can be like, oh, that event happened and that was related to that. Or I was afraid of this because of that. Or this anxiety is coming from this core belief. And like knowing how to shift through that is what's helped me a lot. And every day being like, I'm scared to go do this thing like yesterday I had an in-person sales sales meeting and I was like I'm so scared they're not gonna like me I'm gonna mess it up I need to say the exact perfect thing like oh my gosh I'm not gonna have my script I just have to have a conversation like this is gonna I'm gonna mess it up and that's the thing is like I'm like I'm gonna mess it up I'm gonna mess it up but I had to literally like journal meditate get to the space where I'm like okay that belief came from when you were younger it is not true now you have everything you need to be successful right now people like you exactly as you are and it's like that internal pep talk and also rerouting of the beliefs that we have to do to keep moving forward and do the things that we want to do and it's also like when you realize that is 
okay, now you have that broad realization of like why that's been happening your whole life. And then you kind of have to sit with that, work through that. And then you have to go through all of the little ones that like have caused that, how that's shown up and everything. And it's like, I really remember like the first session with my therapist. Um, and this is gonna sound really brutal for a second, everybody, is I was kind of going through like my life story and everything with her, like, like you kind of do. Um, which is kind of weird to think about as I've been working so long with her, like that feels so long ago, but I was like, yeah, telling her like my dad died then this, 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 and this. And she was like, you just literally said your dad died. Like, did that impact you? And I was just like, no, no. And then I just like literally continued on and she's like, why did that not impact you? And I was just like, because it just didn't. I was like, and I didn't let it, like, there's so many things in my life because of trauma, because of other things that were going on that I won't get into, but like, there wasn't a place for me to get impacted by things. I didn't let myself because I couldn't take up space or anything. And it's like that impact grieving, that impacted so many areas of my life. And like, feeling called out on that, I was like, oh. And I was like, do I go back to this person? I was like, nobody has ever called me out on that, that in my life. And I was like, no no that's what you need and like not until my like i have gone to her have i been able to work on anything because i needed somebody to call me out share the stuff of why that's happening and everything and like work on that and it's like i've had to work on how that shows up in every single area and it sucks and it's like you see it time and time and time again and it's like mm -hmm. at least once a month i'm reminded about how that shows up in my life of Oh, yeah. Pushing and holding myself back and kind of like my avoidance behavior of things because I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I can't, I can't be into that. I, I have to like always stand back in the corner. Like, I can't take up room. I can't do this. I can't do that. And it's like, I can't be too extra. I can't take up all this space. And it just, it's rough. And it, no, it's, it's so, so hard to conceptualize online. Oh my gosh, yeah. And it's so hard, like, which is why I'm glad we have this podcast, because it is so hard to be vulnerable in a 30 second video and like capture all the nuance of the things that we're talking about now. Um, and it's hard because you want to be vulnerable online and you want to share the real version of ADHD. But it's like, that's the thing with the online community is I don't think there's enough time or space to really get to it like the videos that I found most relatable after I got diagnosed and I was like okay well let me hear about other people's experiences and how it impacted their internal world that they were YouTube videos they were like 10 15 20 minute long YouTube videos that I found relatable like literally I relate to none of the TikToks even whenever I posted on my own Instagram and people were reaching out to me and telling me their story some of them very relatable some of them were like got diagnosed when I was a kid, very much like you. Um, people didn't tried tried medication, didn't work for them. And then people said, well, you're SOL, there's no resources for you. And they're like, I figured out how to do it myself my whole life. Or other people just realizing, you know, that I relate to, they're like, yeah, it's a thing, but it just helps me understand about myself. It's frustrating sometimes, but I've learned to work with it. But then there's the people who I don't relate to who are like, I know us ADHDers have to do blah, blah, blah. I'm like, we don't have to do anything. And I'm not, I do, I'm sorry if you identify as an ADHDer, but I do not. I identify as an adhd -er. that is one thing i will literally never call myself ew i hate it i hate it i hate the term adhd -er as well and i there's a big conversation to be had about okay getting diagnosed with adhd 
how you want to identify with that, how do you want to talk about that. And you don't need to know this all day one either. I want that to be said for anybody who's especially like newly diagnosed is like over time, you can tell people as you want and everything, you can choose how you want to identify, but I don't like the term ADHD or because then it's like a lot of the things of like it things I thought were my personality, but were actually ADHD and everything. And so like calling the ADHD or in my opinion is saying like, oh, it's still like my personality. It's who I am and everything. And it's like, yes, like it does impact my life. And it, that's very evident in some ways, but I don't want to say that's who I am. Mm-hmm. I want to still define who I am and everything. And so calling myself that, I don't like that. It feels like everything's kind of put on me and I don't like the kind of trend of like putting all of your diagnosis of like the DSM-5 thing because it's also like let's talk about the DSM-5 is like that thing is written years ago it is not well done it is written for white little boys to get diagnosed with ADHD but also a lot of the other ones like it is not fully rooted in a lot it is not inclusive of a lot of things and why do you have to kind of I mean, there's so much talk about how, like, ADHD should be, like, called something else, which I don't know if that will ever happen. But that's also why, like, a lot of people prefer the term, like, neurodivergent. Because it's like, okay, it's just saying I'm different. Like, yeah, I'm different. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just... Every time I hear ADHD or I cringe. And I love that you're like, you get to identify with your diagnosis in anything, however you want. And I'm going to give an awesome example of how I'm going to identify with it. Uh, My sister is non-binary and I think, and she loves women and men and women. But my favorite thing about her is that when she never came out, she never told anybody like, oh, I'm bisexual or I'm gay or I love everyone or whatever. She just like literally just started saying, oh God, I love women. God, I love women. Every time we were watching movies, she's like, that that should be a lesbian scene. Those women need to be together. And that's what she did. And she didn't have to tell anybody that she liked girls or that she liked girls and boys. She just dated a boy and also liked girls. And that's what she would talk about. She would just talk about her interests. And that's kind of like how I kind of relate to ADHD. Like, I don't need to like come out and be like, guys, if you need, if you're going to know me, you need to know I have ADHD. I'm just going to like, if it comes up, I'm going to tell you. And if someone's like, oh, I have ADHD, I'm like, no problem, me too. That happens all the time with my clients. They're like, okay, I just need you to know I have ADHD. I'm like, cool, me too. We'll vibe with it. We'll figure it out. But like, you don't have to make it like everyone needs to know this thing or they will, I will be deeply misunderstood, right? Like, it's not, I don't feel that way, at least for me. And it, there's a reason why like we feel like that is like, like you said, is like, we feel so misunderstood. We're trying to make up for a lot and everything in our life. And like, that's okay if you currently feel like that too. And totally, it takes time to get to this place. It takes like work on yourself as well. But there was a client I had a few months ago and she was doing this like PhD thesis type of thing. I don't really know the full definition of it, but she was exploring how neurodivergent because there's like so many let's say flavors of it kind of like the lgbtq is like one day an acronym of it because it's like ocd adhd um uh, autism like a lot of that will have an acronym like lgbt that's an acronym right yeah that's it yeah mm-hmm. um and so basically make an acronym of that as a neurodivergent scale one and so like being able to define as that and like feel comfortable with that versus like 
I'm an ADHD or is like, okay, I'm like a neurodivergent. I think a little bit differently. I function a little bit differently and like, that's okay. And I need to do some things differently, but I'll keep doing that. And I'm going to tell people when I find it's useful and I don't have to tell every single person. And that doesn't mean it's bad to be like loud and proud about it in a way. I think like- True. There's a certain thing of like how we've like been held back as like, oh, I need to like hide my ADHD and everything, right? And that goes into like masking everything. And it's like, no, it's not about hiding it either, but it's about mm-hmm. choosing the relationship you want of it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're the kind of person who wants to go shout out to everybody that you have ADHD and tell them, like, you do that. But I don't want to, I don't feel the need to do that. Like, like I said, because like I, and this, this took a lot of work. Like I know who I am authentically. I know who, like all my needs. I know who I want to be. Like, and I've done a lot of work to think about that. And so I know that I get to be more than just one part of myself. But if you are exploring different parts of yourself and maybe you need to feel into the ADHD and be all of the ADHD, then I can see why ADHD would be appealing because I think it's just like another part of exploring yourself. You know, there was one point where all I was was Ashley the business coach and I heavily leaned into that and that's all I wanted to be and that's all I wanted to do. And I think there comes like a time after you lean into your different identities where you see where all of you gets to exist beyond the silos that you create for yourself. But there's nothing wrong with living in a silo as you learn about that part of yourself. And because like, right, with ADHD is like we're multi-passionate is like, there's gonna be like a lot of areas of your life. And so like slowly explore them and everything, take your time and like choose how you wanna identify with it all. And you have that choice. And also something my clients get stuck in is like thinking that just cause somebody has ADHD and they have ADHD is like, they have to be friends. And mm. it's because like we felt so alone and it's like when we're building these communities and everything that can be harmful in a way because it's like, you might yes you both have adhd but you might not necessarily align with each other and like have the same values and want to do the same things and everything and that is okay and like what's great about adhd is like that is a spectrum like we can all feel it differently and because of the way adhd is portrayed online right now is that isn't talked about and that isn't shown because a lot of the content still today is like signs you have ADHD and everything which is Mm -hmm. good because we need that so that people can get diagnosed and like learn more and like see that it's not just the DSM-5 description of ADHD and how it can kind of play out in your life in different ways but that also is hard because when you work on yourself and you work to learn to manage your ADHD like an RSD for a sense is like I don't experience RSD really much anymore. And it's like, cause I've worked on a lot of that. And it's like, then that makes me feel like, am I a fraud because of how ADHD is portrayed online? And it's like, no, 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 I still have ADHD, but it's like, there are some things that we say are ADHD that definitely are not. And there is a lot of imposter syndrome post-diagnosis as well. And how you then define of like, a lot of people say like, oh, I'm severe ADHD. And it's like, okay, but like, what the heck does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's and so like, many symptoms. Yeah. And nobody really ta- talks about like managed ADHD and what that looks like. And I feel like just probably because it's boring. It's like not exciting to talk about what you're doing. 
And, like, I feel like, especially, like, with the friends thing and, like, not aligning with people, like, you're a person outside of ADHD, and I think that's the most important thing. Like, you have values, and those values are what connects you to friends. And so, like, you have to know that before you can just be friends because you have ADHD. And even if I think about my clients who have successful, huge businesses with ADHD, like, they don't slow down because they have ADHD, but what we're doing is we're learning where they're pushing themselves too far, where they're burning themselves out because all of my clients who have ADHD are so prone to overworking, so prone to always being on, so prone to like, this was me going to sleep, thinking about their businesses and then also having people pleasing tendencies to compensate for their ADHD. And so like, I think like, you know, if you get diagnosed later, like also people don't really talk about that. It doesn't show up in these like, oh, I lost my keys or, oh, I forgot what I was doing right now. It shows up in like overworking yourself, trying to be super productive, trying to people please everyone in your business, in your life. And that's the stuff that I talk about with my clients. And it's kind of like Victoria said this on her TikTok before, like teaching people how to human is literally all that ADHD is about. And that's literally what I do with my business clients who have ADHD. It's like, I'm not an ADHD business coach because I don't think you need a business coach for your ADHD, I think you just need to know tools and systems to run your life. And like you said, to be a human. And it's like, that's exactly right. Cause it's like a lot of, and the key thing like that can't exist in everything. you know, it's like, I made a video yesterday, like Ashley and I, we have this business together and everything. And um, I, we have a password manager thing and I've actually messed it up and changed the thing. And now I can't get into the email and we don't know the password for it. And it's like, okay, that happens. Like, but that's not like, oh my gosh, a full ADHD moment and everything. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like that, that is a little bit of an ADHD moment. And it's like, whatever, we'll get past this. Like, we'll figure it out. We can put our two heads to work through it. Just like we put our two heads and work through the oven issue. And you know, it's so funny about that. I didn't even like I didn't even think of that as an ADHD moment so whenever I was scrolling and like you had texted me like oh I think I messed up the password I'm like okay cool whenever I get home I'll go check out and see what happened and then I saw you made the TikTok about it and you're like when you own one business with ADHD and then you start second business with ADHD and it's with your other friend who has ADHD and you both forget the password and I'm like I literally started laughing out loud because I'm like oh my god that is hilarious like that is an ADHD moment but I didn't even identify with that that way until you said it and in a sense for me I think it's really funny because it's like I have a whole password management system in my head that works for me and is is really great but then when you try to put two people with two not that like we're completely different but like we are different in some ways like figuring out a password management system for us together it makes yeah. it a little bit harder and I'm like but this is my normal one and you're like trying to figure this out and it's like I was like this is kind of funny and everything but it was like okay it's like not that big of a deal like I'll get past it and making sure you're not like overworking yourself from that and I think something you said is like kind of choosing how it shows up right and it's like your clients it shows up in like overworking themselves is I have so many clients really that come to me um, I just finished up with them yesterday and she was like I felt like two months before we started working together, I was telling my aunt, I was like, I feel like I am just like the human that takes up way too much. Like I need so much. I just, everything is way too much for me, dragging my feet, like can't keep up with anything. Everything just seems like a massive impact in the world and it's too much to handle and everything. And like working with me, she was like, I think I know how to human. And she's like, 
You know, it's like, yeah, some things I do need more. Like I need a candle to help me work, but it's like, that's okay. You know what? Like, I like that. That's kind of fun, whatever. And gaining like a new shift on it, as well as like being able to redefine consistency and build your routines and everything and work on like a lot of the way you function in life can really make it easier to just show up. And she's like, I don't feel like I'm dragging my feet. And when problems come my way, I'm like, it's okay. I can deal with it. And then sometimes I'm like, you know what? I can't deal with that right now. I'll deal with that tomorrow. And knowing that about yourself and learning how to do it, because it's like, you know what? I've done way too much today and learning to like check in with yourself. That is what makes the difference. Yeah, check in with yourself or even just like be kind to yourself because I'll have clients who are like, especially with the overworking thing, who will like get to the end of the day and look at all the things they didn't get to. I didn't finish this thing. I didn't complete this task. I didn't work on this project. And I'm like, okay, what do we do today though? Because I'm sure it wasn't nothing. And they're like, oh, well, I filmed all these videos and I edited this thing and I sent these five emails and I had a sales call. And you're like, okay, homie, that is uh, way too many things to start with. I think you're good, right? And I think a lot of people struggle with that, with or without ADHD, but it's like learning how to identify and be aware of how you're operating in the world can change how you talk to yourself internally, which starts to disrupt those core beliefs that we create from ourselves in childhood when we either aren't diagnosed with ADHD or people didn't understand it, right? Because it could very easily for clients like that to get to a space where they're like, I'm a failure and I've always thought I was a failure and I'm a failure today because I didn't get to those tasks. But if you disrupt that thought pattern, you're like, nope, I am awesome. And I did exactly what I needed to do to hit my goals today you start to change how you think about yourself. And also like not thinking of it so negatively. So I have another client who's severely burnt out and we're working through it. And she's finally like made this big shift in everything. And she's like, I don't need to shame myself to empty the dishwasher. Like I'm not lazy and stupid and disgusting if I don't empty the dishwasher right away. And she used to shame herself so hard Mm. to get herself to do that task. And it's like, the amount of energy she's realizing that she was focusing to put shame on herself in a negative way to force herself to just do that one task and like emotionally damaging herself in a way because we've internalized it because we've been told that and everything and working through that. And she's like, you know, it's okay. And also, you know, sometimes we have low days. That's okay. Not every day is going to be your 100%. High energy, yeah. And learning to like make it a little bit more of like a stable shift where it's like, okay, you still go up and down, but they're not as extreme because then it's like you have too many low days and then you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't done anything in three days. I need to like I'm do horrible. things. And then yeah. I, my clients do like a month's worth of tasks in one day. And it's like, right. yeah, and then we're burnt out for like the next two to three weeks and then you get really mad and then you do that again. It's like, it's okay. We don't have to do a month's worth of task in one day and that's okay. We'll get to a yeah. little bit tomorrow and not working through that cycle. And I'm starting with a new client tomorrow and she was, she's going through that weekly cycle of like on Sunday she does an entire week's worth of work and then she's just exhausted the rest of the week. And working through that cycle to kind of like be like it's okay like I don't have to do everything today oh my gosh yeah yeah I have a program coming out called burnout breakup and that's literally what it's all about it's like all these toxic patterns that we get stuck in and part of it's because ADHD and I think a lot of entrepreneurs just have undiagnosed ADHD but it is like 
trying to force yourself to get all the things done because we have high expectations because of the internal beliefs of round work and money and success and who we have to be to hit those things and it can get really frustrating and one thing I think that's really interesting is like how you mentioned that your client was shaming herself into doing the dishes like and shame our clients shame themselves into overworking themselves and shame themselves into being more productive I had a client who like wanted to quit her nine to five so bad that she literally had posted notes around how much she hated her nine to five how horrible it was to remind her how much she hated her situation and then she couldn't be consistent and then she would shame herself more and like we were in my made for everything group and they're like hey um so negative uh, psychology uh, that does not work like being mean to yourself talking about how much you hate your situation is not going to drive you to change your situation you need something to aspire to you need something to look forward to and so maybe instead talk about all the things that you get when you close this nine to five chapter of your life same thing with your client the dishes like instead of being like I hate horrible for not doing it it's like what do you get when you do the dishes how are you going to feel what are you gonna like for me anytime I'm like oh, I need to clean I'm like when I like I sweeped all Max destroyed a toy this morning and I had to sweep it all up because I'm like when I sweep up this fu- this fluff I'm gonna feel so good this space is gonna feel so clean I'm not sitting there going to be like Ashley you're horrible this place looks disgusting because I would never clean that is horrible that is mean no thank you yeah something I tell a lot of clients this and they think it's funny um, and this doesn't happen here cause I don't have a vacuum here, but I used to vacuum my apartment every single Monday morning. And the reason being, I viewed it as like sucking up all the dog hair, my hair, all the stuff. One, like I like to vacuum the rug because when I do that, then the rug is really soft and fun to lay on to do work. We mm-hmm. love floor time with ADHD. The second thing is like, I view it as I had one of those vacuums where you can see the stuff is coming up and everything. Like you can see the grossness growing in like the canister, right? (laughs) And so I'm like, I'm viewing it as like all of the issues, all of the bad stuff from that week is getting sucked up and put away into that closet. And it's like, it's done. It's done. And so it's like almost visualizing like all of my, everything is going away. Like this is, we're starting fresh and everything. And people are like, you think of vacuuming like that? And I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah. It's helpful to me. And it's like, it's helpful to start the week like that. And they're like, oh, and you know, like if you have a Roomba vacuum because you don't like vacuuming and everything, that is fine. That is no, like you do not need to do this thing, but that is helpful for me. And it's something that I mm-hmm. do. And it's like, I don't shame myself. Of like, you're so disgusting. You have to go do this floor. But I'm like, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to vacuum because then I get to lay on the floor. I'll take client calls on the floor. I don't care. It's really comfortable. It's grounding to me. And then also all of my problems are going away when I vacuum. And it's True. just, it's a lot better to think about that way. I know. And that, this is how people need to talk about ADHD because I don't need this stupid, I don't even know what the advice is because I don't look at it because I think it's dumb and I'm like, I don't relate to this, but it's like things like this, like no one talks about this. Like for me, I hate showering. I, I mean, I love a good shower, but the idea of showering feels exhausting to me. And Adrian is always like, why are even laundry? And like, I remember one time my sister who is, has a normal brain, um, was like, I don't understand why laundry stresses you out so much. And I was like, let me paint you a picture. And I literally like laid out how my brain thinks about laundry I'm like first you have to do this and then you have to do this and then this and then this and then this and for me it's a long list that feels overwhelming and she's like yeah no wonder why laundry sucks for you and like 
that no one talks about things like that and like little tips like you have of what you can visualize or what you can do to make it feel less exhausting like my sister helped me be like make these rules for when you do laundry so that way it's fun or like when you're folding the laundry can you put a really fun comfy show on that makes you happy like how can you treat yourself while you're doing this thing or even with me when I'm like oh I don't want to shower it's so many steps it's so much work I'm like how can I make this luxurious because one of my core values is luxury I'm like okay I'm going to get the Buffy bar from uh, Lush. I'm going to scrub my whole body. I'm going to wash my hair. I'm going to wash my face like you with the, the vacuum. I'm like, I'm going to imagine that the water is cleansing away all the BS, detoxing me from the week, and I'm going to be fresh and squeaky and happy as soon as I get out of it. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. And that, no one talks about strategies like that on TikTok for ADHD. They talk about, I don't even know what, but not that. There is, I saw actually a really good TikTok last night. So remember in like grade school, maybe you didn't have these, but maybe you did. It's those like charts and they, they're like this on the begin, on the top and like this. And then there's like that grid and basically it would be names and it would be like weeks or like homework, whatever you get like gold stars on them. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Um, so she bought that for herself to do small chores to give herself. She's like, all I wanted when I was growing up was the fucking gold star. So I'm giving myself the gold <laughs> star for my laundry. Hell and I was yeah. just like, yeah, yeah. Or um, sometimes decision paralysis. Uh, we have a bunch of things to do, but like we don't really know where to start. Um, I once said in a video, like sometimes close your eyes go like this, drop your finger, that's what you start. And somebody was like, we have to do better things. And I'm like, that's not necessarily bad. Like sometimes I don't want to make the decision. And so it can be really helpful. Yesterday on Body Doubling, I, I always ask like, okay, what are we all working on? And somebody was like, um, I can work on one of these two things, um, help. And I was like, you want me to decide? And he was like, yes. And I was like, okay, you're working on this. And he's like, okay, cool. Thank you for deciding for me. It's like, we just didn't want to make that decision. Some things also clients do is like, write a list of like things that they would want to do on Saturdays and like the decision paralysis on weekends of like, there's so much time you have things to do, but then you're like, but I don't know what to do and everything. So something my clients do is we write a list of like shorter or longer activities, depending on the weather and everything. And then like, you can get a dice and roll it and that can make your decision for you. Totally. And like the number yes. Sometimes like it can be as simple as that. Sometimes it's about visualizing it, making an experience and everything. Sometimes it's like just needing somebody to pick a thing. You can even text a friend, like pick a number one through 20. And then whatever number they say, you do whatever that activity was on your list and everything. And it's like, mm -hmm. that just makes it easier to kickstart. And you're like, okay, well, I'm gonna do that. Let's go do that. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, one of the things that it made me think of was like dinner. I hate picking what's for dinner. And one of the best things Adrian and I did was taking turns cooking dinner. Like the Monday, Wednesday, all I have to worry about is what's for dinner on Monday and Wednesday. He does the other days and then we eat out Friday. Like it's, so sometimes it can be things like, a solution like in the moment or ahead of time like pick something like how are you going to make these decisions already made but I think that's like part of what's missing in in how we talk about ADHD online is like how easy solutions can be and how like you don't have to and I think that's a lot of why I don't identify with a lot of stuff like content because most of it is like signs you have ADHD and I'm like kind of beyond those signs because I've learned how to manage it through knowing you through doing my own things through you know working with Adrian to do things in our lives and it's like when you are managing it it's like simple things like that that you get stuck on it's not the losing my keys being spacey it's the oh, shoot I have to really decide 
uh, what I'm going to work on today or I'm going to have to really decide what this program is going to be about. And even the other day, I was like trying to finalize what burnout breakout was going to be about every single month. And I was like feeling overwhelmed. I'm like, this feels like a huge, massive decision and I'm going to be stuck with it forever. And so I FaceTime Sasha and my sister and I was like, help me, help me, help me. I just need to talk this out. And sometimes you just need that space for to talk about things and to have someone hear what you're saying and make sense of it. And that's why I love coaching so much is because literally my clients come to me and they're how like, I have all these feelings. I have this massive thought, make me make, help me make sense of it. And I'm like, it sounds like what you're saying is, and they're like, dude, yes. And that's it. And then they go and they run with it. A lot of the times they're asking for permission to do what Mm -hmm. they want as well. Like I had a client yesterday. She's like, what do you do when you started your business and then now everybody's messaging you? And I was just like, ignore them. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Let me give you real advice. Like, tell me more about the story. (laughs) I was like, wait, I just projected a little bit. Hold on, Liz. Like, tell me more. And then she was like, yeah, there's this person. They keep messaging me and everything. They want to, like, get a job and everything. And I'm like, do you have a job for them to give? Do you want to work with this person? And she's like, no. And I was like, so then just let them know that. And then you can ignore them. And she was like, okay, yeah, thank you. That's just what I wanted to do. do. And, like, just wanted permission as well as um, she's, like, been – avoiding which is big with ADHD is avoidance of emailing her investors and um the second thing is making a weekly meeting for her employees um to like make sure that they're on track she knows what they're doing everything that's kind of going on and that's causing a lot of her overwhelm is like not knowing that stuff Mm -hmm. and the thing we get into with the all or nothing approach here is like okay but I have to get everything ready for that meeting I have to get everything ready for that everything has to be there and everything and it's like okay, if this is a weekly meeting, not everything has to be there. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I told her the way I run my meetings with Mickey is the first thing we do is like, we'll like do like, oh, how was your weekend? Whatever. And And then I get off my chest, like the things that I need to make sure are talked about before we get into anything else. She's like, you do that before? Everyone always does that after. And I'm like, well, I pay her. One, she also has ADHD. Two, I need to do that for myself and I don't care. And she's like, oh, I can do the meeting like that. I didn't know that. And I, was like, she's like, and I was like, are you making a presentation for your meeting? And she's like, yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. We're not making a presentation for your meeting. That's taking way too much time of your day. That's too many decisions to be made. That's too much like pressure that's going into all or nothing. Everything has to be there and everything. I was like, this is a conversation. She's like, okay, okay. And like getting the oh permission God, yeah. as well as like seeing that is so helpful, which is like what a lot of that coaching is, is like just having the permission to do it and like do it in a different way that you've seen before. Totally. Yeah. And that's why like we've talked about this before, but we hate roadmaps or one ways or blueprints for managing your ADHD or starting your business. Cause like you can do anything you want. You can do anything you want, any way you want. And that's why coaching is so cool because you have somebody to back you up and believe in that. Um, I, and I have a lot of clients who either need permission or need help doing it now. I have like calls with my clients where we're like, this is a do it now call. Uh, you've been stuck on what your first Instagram post is going to be or what your next Instagram post is going to be. Guess what? You're going to film it right now and you're going to post it right now. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's all I needed. I just needed to do this. And now they can go do it because they were stuck on that one thing and they get that permission and they get that action and they can build from that. And I love the story of your client where you're like, oh, you don't need a PowerPoint to run a meeting. You can just go dump your thoughts and do whatever. And I think 
it's hard to have feel like you can challenge status quo and do things differently and it is nice to have that permission structure i remember you know and it helps because we me and victoria can coach ourselves now but i remember i was doing a workshop and i was so stressed out about the powerpoint and i was like oh my god i'm dreading doing this i hate doing this and then i stepped back and i was like don't do it and I was like don't do it in my mind and it's like what happens if you don't do it I'm like nothing happens I could deliver the same information without powerpoint slides I could stand up and while I do it and teach it treat it like a little TED talk why do I need slides I'm blowing your mind right now I'm making you think because you don't want to do powerpoint slides for your workshop you're welcome you're welcome you're welcome Um, I'm like reading Victoria's mind right now but yeah I was like don't do it I literally stood up right here in my office and I was like I told them I was like guys I have ADHD. I didn't even tell him I have ADHD, but in my head I knew that's why. I was like, I didn't want to do slides. I was like, I was staring at slides for days and I know they're helpful, but I literally, you are going to get so much more out of me standing up right now and teaching you this. And literally at the end, they're like, I'm so glad you didn't have slides. It was so cool to watch you present that way. It was so engaging. There were so many good stories. They were so much more involved and I don't know, it's cool. And so you can challenge the status quo like that. And that worked for me because I could do coaching and I don't know. But let me know what you're thinking, because I think I saw your face make some moves. <laughs> it broke my brain a little bit. Wait, also, wait, what, what master class? What, what? You really did nothing? No, I did nothing. I just talked. I just talked 90 minutes. 60 minutes of me talking, 30 minutes of questions, no PowerPoint. I had one slide that said welcome, and then another slide that said who I am. I'm really nervous for 60 minutes of talking for my webinar. I think it was my um, micro-celebrity millionaire uh millionaire micro celebrity masterclass that was the one and i just talked because i'm like i know this stuff by heart it's what i it's literally what i did my research on yeah i just want to see it for permission for myself yeah (laughs) yeah, i don't even care about the information i just need to like see it like you're telling me see that it was possible but i actually said no powerpoint But no, that's actually like so, because I was talking yesterday with somebody in body doubling, which one, I literally love my body doubling because it's just like generally a community. Sorry, everybody, there's dog barking. I love my body doubling community because I was having a conversation with somebody. Um, he's also kind of running his own business and everything. And we just, we're kind of the same age, a lot of the same conversations, a lot of the same conversations that we have and everything. And I was talking about, I gave him a lot of advice of things that he should do. And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm really nervous for this webinar and everything. And I was looking on the webinar of like other people doing it and their bios and everything. It was just making me really nervous. And I was like, you know, I'm really good at like talking to a camera. I'm really good at my master classes, but then doing it inside of somebody else's program has always made me nervous to like are they are they enjoying this and like not being able to always tell on the camera just because of like they might not be like portraying feeling it's just like so hard and it's making me really nervous for this and i was like you know what i want to do this in a way i've never done before and i'm like i want to do this as a conversation and i kind of want to journal out everything that i'm going to say i kind of know the key points that i want to make and i was like i think i just want to make a slide deck and highlight the few things and that's just the slide deck it's like key points that i want to like have behind me and those are going to keep me going from each thought and i think that is going to help me instead of doing like an informational one and like how i want to do this because the master class that this basically is is helping people like transition from college to 
like work life and everything um, with ADHD, learning how to ask for help, learning all this stuff. And I was like, I feel like a fraud talking about this because it's like, I'm 24, like I'm still too young. And he reminded me of something of like, you are the best coach for people who are three to six months behind you. Like you are the best to give the information, even if you're not a full expert, but you've gone through what they've done recently because it's recent Mm -hmm. enough that you can talk about it in a really digestible way. And I was like, yeah, I want to talk about it in a digestible way. I want it to be a conversation. And so I've been thinking to myself of like how to make it a conversation and not like a speech. Yeah. And like that has also the way you kind of were saying of it is like not really a PowerPoint, just making it. And I was like, dang, it's kind of just all coming together. And I'm just like, okay, okay. I think I kind of know what I need to do. Heck Yeah. yeah. We love that. That's so good. So, gotta figure that out. Because I was researching a while ago of, like, all the different types of presentations, right? I was telling you that, or, like, mm-hmm. speakers and everything. And then I was like, I need to find my style. I need to find my style. And maybe this isn't the style for me forever. But it's like, I'll try it out. We'll see how it goes. My style it will never be PowerPoints. My style of speaking will always be just me talking because... I don't know what words come to my head, but they flow through me. And if I have PowerPoints, I actually get stuck. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to talk about that now. And I'm like, I don't need that pressure. I need to talk about whatever's in my mind because whatever's in my mind is going to be good. That's how I feel. Yeah. And I think like something um, I talked about with a client yesterday is she is very good at... uh, active listening, which is a skill you learn for coaching and everything. She learned it in a sense of like comedy and um, what what's that improv to com- comedy? Mm, St- improv what's that style? Comedy? Improv. There we go. Yeah. Improv to improv. Why couldn't I think of that? Improv. Um, improv, learning to active listen and to that so that you can reply and everything, which she finds really helpful. The second part of active listening is learning to speak on it and with ADHD and it internalized and everything, the hyperfixating is like forgetting to listen and like holding on to a thought and everything, being able to repeat back and stay in that conversation. When you're learning to do that, it can be really terrifying to start because then it's like you're just thinking your thought, you're forgetting to listen and everything. And like, you can kind of say that sometimes in our podcast, but like we like write it down just in case and like we're getting better, we're learning <laughs> Don't forget at it and the everything. Thought. And something that's, important that we were talking about was like she was doing interviews for like a job she might be getting like inside her company and everything and she's like you know I was having a hard time reading her and like holding the thought in my head and everything and I'm like allowing the thought to come and go allowing yourself to kind of come full circle and telling myself this sometimes I'm like that's just stupid that's never gonna work still but I'm like I know it's true I know it works because the more I do it the more I'm seeing it works but it's like a fear that you have to slowly work through. Mm, so true. Yeah, being comfortable with the thought leaving and being like, it'll come back. Or a good one yeah. will come back or a better one will come. That is hard. I hate that. Yeah. And even like, yeah, especially on this podcast, like sometimes I'll be like, oh, I have this idea. And then you'll like steer away from me. I'm like, all right, if that comes back, we'll talk about it. If not, it's a <laughs> lovely thought that I had. <laughs> but it's all good. And it's like, it could come up in a whole nother episode. I'm like, that's okay. It doesn't have to be this one. Right, right. And it's like, almost like operating from an abundance mindset. Like your thoughts are not limited. You have an abundance of thoughts in your mind, especially if you have ADHD. And uh, you'll have an opportunity to use all of them. Don't you worry. (laughs) Yeah. That's something I'm still working through, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, this was a very um, another long episode. Thanks, guys. I like. I hope you like yeah. hanging out with us for an hour. I, we can talk about what our clients are focused on this week, but I do feel like we talked a lot about clients in this episode. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And honestly, like the things I've already talked about, like that's in there. Like those are my yeah. giant clients things because those were the past space. That was the week. Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah, I can relate with like burnout, having ADHD. All those things are super relatable. It's weird that we're all going through it at the same time and helping each other out. Um, but anyways, if anybody has any questions about what it's like to have ADHD or getting diagnosed or managing it your entire life like Victoria has, reach out to either one of us. Send us a DM. Or maybe don't DM Victoria because she hates that. So maybe leave a comment on the TikTok. <laughs> and if you send me a DM, it's probably going to be someone else replying because I have other people who manage my DMs. But um, you need to reply to a TikTok. That'll probably be the best way to talk to us. Make sure. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. If you DM me, I might just not reply. And, like, if, if you're DMing me on something that, like, you want us to talk about on the podcast, I might not reply to it. I might, like, favorite it or something. And then you might hear about it on the podcast. But That's fair. I just have a hard time with DMs. I'm sorry, everyone. It's like email. Who wants to rep- – like, I look at DMs like email. And if you look at DMs any other way than, like, an email, I don't know. It's just – that's my vibe with DMs. I tell my clients I think of emails as text. And they will not – they should not expect a formal version of me over that is now. hilarious that is so funny i have but like corporate hoping. america ingrained in my brain a little bit so i still am like pretty formal but not that formal as i used to be anyways um things that we would love for you to do like the podcast subscribe to the podcast give us a five-star review leave a review of how you felt about today's episode uh follow living adventures co on social media so you can get all the latest um clips of our upcoming podcast before they ever release that's super cool right getting information before it's full length follow us on social media everything will be listed in the description of the show notes and have a freaking lovely week and we'll see you next week Goodbye, guys.